0: Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment, visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now for today's episode, my name is Adam Homie, I am your host and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. It's great to have goals And it's great to set goals, but there's something missing in the conversation about goal setting. I set goals to a degree as well. And part of my journey over the past few months especially has been setting goals above and beyond the month or the year. I've recently embarked on the first stages of a five-year transformational plan for my life and my business. So I'm thinking long-term in a way that I haven't really thought about that ever really up until now not that i've been exactly a fly by the seat of your pants sort of guy but i haven't quite thought about the long term as profoundly as i've been doing lately so for this reason and because this is something that i know is of interest based on listener comments people i've spoken with who listen and follow the business creators radio show on various syndicator networks and tune in every tuesday we are gonna to cover today the missing half of goal setting. And I am so excited to introduce to you today's guest, Megan Dahl, whose name I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, but she'll correct me in a moment if I'm wrong. So let me just tell you a little bit about Megan. Light bulb moments are, my, are her favorite thing. So when her clients finally see what the numbers mean, it's like watching one of those videos where colorblind people put on those special glasses and can see color for the first time. It's magical. So thinking about the way those magical moments have appeared in Megan's life and how she knows she's on the path that God has designed for, things that start as devastating disasters turn into something beautiful. And it's these transformations that can make her believe that all things are possible. It's become her mission to help you have those types of epiphanies as well. So there's so much more we're going to discover about her, but I'm going to let her tell you herself in a moment. So let's introduce her. Come on in, Megan. The weather's fine. And we're <laughs> so happy to have you here today. And uh, and I was so eager to jump into today's episode. Normally in the green room, before we get started, I make a point of attempting to say the guest's name out loud because in most cases I've seen the name, but I've never heard it. Did I say it right? Mm
1: no I'm sorry you didn't it's hello like hello uh, it's Dolly like hello Dolly
0: hello dolly okay yeah. well we all know the song hello dolly and yes. believe it or not there are people who say that they've never heard of such a song and they wonder why i have such <laughs> old man interests like oh, come so on
1: sad for them. come
0: on if you don't know hello dolly no matter what age you are i mean have you ever installed wordpress before goodness gracious uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean even people who aren't coders have installed wordpress once or twice mm-hmm. so megan dolly now that we got her name right awesome Before we dive into this thing about the missing half of goal setting, what we like to do here on the show, and you've seen this yourself because I know you've tuned in from time to time on your own, is we like to take a step back and discover more about you as an individual and what's brought you to where you are, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion, making a difference for your community, market, and audience in your own words. So if you could take us a bit through that, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, actually, I kind of fell into accounting completely accidentally um my went to college and i studied political science and theater and uh my pro- professor he said when i was taking the lsat he said megan i know you you are going to love law school and you are going to hate practicing law i was like all right won't do that um about my merry way my husband and i on a whim moved down to nashville for a while came back home and my mom had a business and she's like hey uh since you're not doing anything how about you come do my books for me and here here's a book on how to do accounting for non-accountants and i was struck it was so fascinating how clean things were and everything had its place and things balanced out and it was just it felt perfect it felt like something just feels when you know it's right and so yeah 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 and so from there I went off and went and got my master's in accounting discovered that the world of accounting is not accounting when it comes to like the big firms or you're doing auditing and tax and all those terrible horrible things that god bless the people that do it because I will never do it ever ever again um And really found a niche for myself working with businesses that business owners, namely that just really struggle with where do these numbers even fit? Why isn't this just overhead? Can I please just do the thing that I'm good at? Can somebody just take care of this for me? Um, And taking care of that for them and making them understand what it is they need to know and, you know, making sure they're aware of what's going on. Um, So it was just the kind of little bits and pieces that fell like uh uh try this nope that didn't work try a different route Ooh, that worked really well let's see if i can duplicate that again with my next with my next employer or whatever that may be so um accounting was just something i fell into nothing i ever made a goal of going and doing um just turns out that i was kind of good at it i guess
0: had to get there somehow had to so get there somehow. <laughs> did you just sort of stumble into it or did you have like, plans or goals or something?
1: I, no, no. See, there's, (laughs) I didn't. No, that's the thing. I absolutely did not. Um, I had no direction or goals. It was just like, oh, I'll do this thing because uh, maybe that's what expected of me or, "Eh, yeah, I'll try this and, oh, I'm good at that. Oh, I'm not good at that. And um, accounting is what evolved out of that. And uh, so being in the private world of the accounting, you know, working for an energy company and then working for a furniture company and ultimately going out on my own. Um, like I finally understood that I just see numbers differently than other people. And so when there's these nerdy accountants on one side, you know, the typical antisocial nerd accountant that people think of in sitcoms, um, I have a creative bent on that, I guess you would say. I can see like blobs and And numbers forming. My grandpa once asked my sister, when I was about three years old, they were doing uh, division drills. My sister was in like third grade. And my grandpa says, "Aaron, what is 12 divided by four? And I piped up and I said, it's three. And my grandpa said, how did you know that? And I said, because you fold 12 in half and then you fold it in half again and you have three. And so that's just that's just the way it works, and it turns out that creativity and math are very highly aligned. Um, it's just not how it's used every day, unfortunately.
0: Well, uh, that's very that's very interesting. We're going to get into that. Um, I know that a uh, lot of the accountants that I've encountered, including my my own CPA, do not fall into that stereotypical nerdy type thing going on uh in fact it's just yet another example of how social programming tells us that we're supposed to perceive people and things no wonder i'm i encourage people and i help people launch their own podcasts because you got to get your own voice out there and not let others tell you what you're supposed to think tell you what you're supposed to feel tell you what you're supposed to like tell you what you're supposed to enjoy tell you what you're supposed to be so yeah i'm an accountant so i am one of those um i'm classified as the thinker Uh, i'm definitely not a socializer you wouldn't call me a relator. and uh and if you and as far as director well i can do that for three months during tax season but i'm really a thinker and i and if you asked me, if you asked me, uh, uh, you said, hey, man, how you doing? I would break that down into a 27-level Gantt chart in <laughs> <and, and> response. <laughs> no, that's not how it is. God. See, oh. I I got into, I, I, you know, it's interesting. You said you were a political science major. So was I. And I found that the value of that education paid off for me when I became an entrepreneur as it taught me critical thinking and writing skills that you don't find in a lot of other disciplines. It's one, it's considered a, a softer discipline, whereas accounting is a hard discipline or, or, you know, medical school or law school or something like that. That's hard. That's specific. Uh, But the idea of being able to communicate and being able to influence the only the main improvement I would make on political science programs is is to take some of the partisanship out of it, and also to add curriculum on influence, persuasion, and neurolinguistic programming, because it gives us an unbelievable opportunity to shape our environment and make the world a better place with us in it. I was not. Uh, I think you said you were a theater minor.
1: Peter Major. I got a
0: double major Peter. there. Yeah. Oh, double major. Yeah, see, I, see, I had minors. Um, I had a minor in Middle East studies with a focus on the history and the politics of the Middle East. And just because of all the courses I took over my major and my minor, I had one of those uh, on paper history minors where yes. just because of all the other courses I took I'd already done it. So all I had to do was sign the paper. Like, yeah, give me another minor. I'll take it right, uh,
1: as well.
0: <laughs> so, so, so yeah, that, that Middle East studies minor. Yeah. It makes, uh, makes me a real interesting conversation companion when, uh, when you have these, uh, these middle East experts who yesterday were covert at COVID experts. And the day before that were constitutional experts. And the day before that wrote the book on emoluments, all of a sudden attempt to educate me about what's going on in the middle East. Like, uh, You've probably (laughs) never even met somebody from there. I taught a class full of people from there. (laughs) I mean, so, uh, so what's, and what makes that, and that experience and part of what attracted me to that minor uh, of studying the, the Middle East was, as part of my general education requirement, one of my options was to take the intro course. And I, and what, Opened it up for me was I was blessed to have a professor, uh, Dr. Arthur Goldschmidt, very well known in that study. of in that study, in fact, I think he's still somewhat active. I know he's written one of the main textbooks in that in that field. Uh, he, um, his ability to explain and analyze things in such a way that it allowed you to see a new point of view without having to reject what you'd have been told up until then or admit that you were wrong about anything. Mm. It's actually become sort of the foundation of everything I do in business and is one of the pillars of my book, Groundhog Day is an event, not a business strategy. So and uh, so, if you want me to put the TLDR on, on uh, the last four minutes of this interview, <laughs> what it basically boils down to is... You don't know what you're missing until you so until you see it, and you may not have the tools to even know what you're looking for. So, the missing half of goal setting. What's the missing half?
1: The missing half is probably the scary half, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the missing half is putting what you have as your goal, putting a number to it, and putting a date on it. Okay. Okay. Um, a lot of people like. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. So. Uh, I have a friend who lives down south, and her family lives up here in South Dakota, where, where she grew up, and for years, for seven years, she's been saying, in three years, we're moving back home. In three years, we're moving back home. She's been saying the same thing. Seven years ago, she was saying, in three years, we're moving back home. Today, she's saying, in three years, we're moving back home. So it's not so much about them putting a deadline on anything, it's the lack of, of, um, not understanding what it means, like what the trigger is going to be for them to actually make that move. And not only that, that trigger, there's pieces. It's not like a one time thing that just all of a sudden happens like, oh, it's three years later, pack the van kids, we're going back home to South Dakota. Um, no, that's not what it is. There are certain um, uh, uh, thresholds that you could reach along the way to really ensure that things are happening and protect the progress that they're making towards this goal of really, really happening in three years. And so um, a lot of times people are, when they're doing, especially, oh, I'm not supposed to say this time of year, but when people start doing their goal setting for the year, they're like, okay, in 12 months from now, I am going to have my business be four times as big. I'm going to have a new car in the garage and da, 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 da. And it kind of dwindles away, Right. What their expectation is almost like it's like this thing because I said it, because I said it's going to be happen in twelve months, it's going to just appear in twelve months, and that's not what really happens.
0: You, did you did you did you assume the lotus position on your couch and open the windows and I'll stretch your <laughs> arms and you declared that too because because I'll tell you I tried that. They said, manifest a million dollars and it'll come. So I opened my window and sat on the couch in a lotus position because I figured um, I don't have my million dollars yet, but somebody's telling me I should try it. Hey, maybe it'll work. Uh, my, my worst case scenario here is I sit on in a lotus position on the couch for a few minutes with my arms outstretched. I lose nothing and I potentially gain a million dollars. <laughs> punchline. I did not get a million (laughs) dollars.
1: Weird, weird, weird. Yeah, it turns out that a million dollars is made up of a thousand thousand dollars, you know? Um, And what happens is when we put these goals out there, we have these goals, we don't recognize the progress as we make it. And so that progress is actually, uh, let's say, reinvested. Yeah. Or that re- it, when it's not recognized as progress towards a goal, we're using it for something else. We're using it to, oh, what's the shiny object over here? Or, oh, uh, how about, let's, let's just go on a quick trip to, you know, the, the cities, where I'm from, that's what we do. We go on a trip to the cities for the weekend, yeah. you know, go catch a Vikings game, whatever it is. Um, and so all of this progress that, yes, your subconscious is trying to make this progress. Well, if it's not recognized for what it is, and it's not protected once you make that progress and set it aside, or however we're deciding to protect it, um, it's really easy to you know piss it down your pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess overall, when it comes to these goals, I like, I like. Oh man, I was you had me almost like standing on top of a table, like p- pumping my fist in the air when you were talking earlier about like do your own thing. Nobody can tell you what to do or tell you what to think. And the same thing goes for your goals. I don't want anybody to be sitting there and telling you what you should have as your goals or what you, you know, what, what the right goals are. I am all about like having, being super curious and being bravely creative on the way to accomplishing these goals. Um, And so I, when I sit down with my clients, I want them to finish, finish the thought that comes along with their goal setting like uh-huh. okay, this far you told me that you want to have enough in your business that you can be working 30 hours a week and that you are going to start building that house that your family has always wanted and you have a 36 month timeline on this okay
0: I have, I have 58 out of my 60 months left to accomplish a very similar thing so um I'm, I'm with you there and you know with as so you were speaking there I, I can't help this uh I'm reminded of somebody, a colleague of mine for a long time and she joined a mastermind group and she said, yeah, I, you know, I have a, I have a coaching business. Uh, I have 10 coaching clients right now or whatever number it was, maybe it was 15 or 20, I don't know, some relatively small number. But the idea was is she had a limited number of coaching clients that she worked with and uh, she wanted to, um, And she enjoyed the work with them. She was getting pretty good fees from them. She was making a good living off it to begin with. And one of her goals for what she wanted to accomplish with that experience was to develop multiple streams of revenue. So she barely had the, how else can I monetize my intellectual, and they start cutting off. You're doing your own coaching. Why are you doing this? Why are you only charging five hundred dollars a mm. call? You need to re- put a zero oh. on that and charge five thousand dollars a call. And you should only be working with two of those clients. And everybody else should be sub-coaching, uh, working with some other coaches who work for you, where you get sixty percent of the revenue in a sixty forty split.
1: Can I just flip those people off now? Or
0: that? that... that well, <laughs> and she is the most gentle, mild-mannered person that you will ever encounter in your life and i think she actually did tell them to fuck off (laughs) because that was just not only and 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 the way i and if you notice the the variance in my tonality is when i tell you about her you notice my tonality when i speak of her changes so some of the energy that she puts off is now permeating through me she's one of those heart-centered um you know connecting with the universe uh, seeking the positive vibes type person and that onslaught was just so counter to not only what she was asking for, but also the core of the her intersection of her brilliance and her passion and what she brought to the world as part of it being a better place with her in it that she had that type of visceral reaction to it yeah and nothing- it, and, 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 and it go and the reason I bring that up is because here you have a classic case. Of somebody being told what their goals should be based on platitudes, uh, based on metaphors that were written by other people, based on cliches, and based on somebody else's definition of what success is. Her definition of success is that she could keep on with that little group of coaching clients charging $500 a call till the cows come home, but have other things going on that required very little involvement that added additional revenue to support her having the business that she was already enjoying. But instead she got, oh, add a zero to that. No, we don't need actual marketing research to find out. It's just you're worth $5,000, so add a zero to Every coaching client you have and if they reject it then they deserve to be fired by you what
1: yeah yeah you know and that type of advice is just like I don't know if it's everybody copying each other because that's what they heard the big boys say or something like that but it's not even it's not even in has anybody even paused to say hang on a second the people that you want to serve would they even would they even pay that much would, yeah. I mean, what does that do to your self-esteem if you're going to be charging that much? If it's, there's so many, there's so many outside factors that people are more than happy to come in and give you more advice than what you really need, right? Uh, based on zero insights into who you are as a person
0: you know i've, I've seen so many folks who uh, launched information products uh and uh, some of them even bought things like jeff walker's product launch formula which i'm a customer and i love the thing myself i've made tons of money with it on my own uh they built the product uh, according to the specifications we'll just use product launch formula as an example that a lot of us understand uh Designed the whole thing based upon, uh, you know, the the offering based on what will be optimized for that platform. Went through the whole thing with the sideways sales letter and the seed launch and the the one question survey and uh, the open doors, closed doors, everything in between, uh, that sort of thing. Maybe sold one course at $497. And so, you know, you want to guess what their next move was?
1: Start from scratch on something
0: else? No, we'll just increase the price of the course to 1997, oh. <laughs> and we'll sell more that way because people will perceive it as being higher value. I, I, I know three people personally that that was actually their next step after they tried to sell something for $500 and it didn't work out. Say, oh, we'll just quadruple the price of it, and more people will buy it because it'll seem more valuable. Oh okay okay You know there's also there's also a thing called packaging. Uh, you can actually sell the same amount of stuff or more in some cases if you don't sell it all in one package. Think about when you um think about when you uh go clothes shopping and your goal is to buy a jacket. Do so you sometimes walk out with like five other things too? Of course, of yeah, course. naturally because you got a new jacket now you want a new shirt and you know a few other things you see maybe you want a scarf to go with it a new set of gloves uh, a hat uh, you know, and since you got the jacket it's because you got the jacket that now you want the other things now would it be as attractive if I were to tell you that I had this um that I had this deluxe jacket plus bundle. Then included the jacket, the coat, the scarf, uh, uh, the gloves, the the three t shirts, and the umbrella.
1: Probably.
0: For some people, maybe so.
1: Maybe, yeah. But, could it, al-
0: but could it all? it also? Yeah, but could it also seem overwhelming to people because all they believe they need right now is the jacket. Mm. Absolutely. I cover I cover some of this in my book, uh, Groundhog Days: An Event Not a Business Strategy, which everybody should buy because it's an awesome book. Uh, it's my show, I can say it. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> that one of the reasons that people may have challenges closing the deal is because the offer they're making is too damn big. Think about it. Uh, if if your pitch for a home study course is it has 21 DVDs or well, let's translate to 2020. 21 <laughs> streaming videos with audio versions, with complete transcripts and fill-in-the-blank worksheets. You're gonna, you may drive some people away because they say, "When am I gonna watch 21 videos?"
1: Absolutely.
0: And for that reason, they throw the whole thing out. But what if I took one piece of that course, sold it as a self-liquidating offer? attached a bump offer, an upsell and a double upsell to it and walk people through a customer journey, but did it quickly. See, that's the other thing about upsells is they tend to be more effective when you do them fast. When you go to buy that coat in the, in the store, you're not going to come back later for the hat, the scarf, the gloves, you're going to pick them up while you're there.
1: True statement. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So bringing this back to the missing half of goal setting. It's great to set goals. It's great to uh, say, well, yeah, I'm going to just 10x my coaching business by adding a zero to the rates I already charge. And, hey, if all my customers leave, well, they're just a bunch of cheapskates anyway, and who needs them? I'll just go get new. Yeah, right. That doesn't work that way. Just like um, setting a goal and saying, you know, as you said, uh, in 12 months, we're going home. All right. So what does that mean? And what steps? You know, for five, for for eight years, I was leaving Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania.
1: Ooh. But
0: I sat there for eight years. This year, I'm going to leave. This year, I'm going to go somewhere else. This year, I'm going to move here. This year, I'm going to move there. So I lived in an apartment, which was nice, but not what I would have ideally picked because it uh, it uh, didn't allow pets. So I couldn't have my own cats. So I went eight years without cats off this. And, uh, you know, what ultimately got me out of there is um, I made the decision when I had a dream about my previous boss who I'd worked for when I was in college, my part-time job. Oh my
1: gosh. This is what you were talking with Tracy about.
0: Yeah. See, now we're starting to remember the episode. So for those of us who didn't check out the episode about me having conversations with dead people. um, (laughs) Yeah. Basically what happened is uh, this guy appeared in my dream and uh, he said, I'll see you in Las Vegas. I'm thinking, why is my boss from, at that point uh, 15 years ago saying i'll see you in las vegas so i looked him up i'm thinking you know you know it's been 15 years since i've really seen him i'll I'll give him a call and i looked him up on the internet and i found myself reading his obituary which stated that he was being buried that morning
1: he was kicking your butt from the grave man
0: basically basically what are you doing yeah here still so, so that so that happened right after Independence Day. I think it happened like July 6th, July 7th and that put me on a different set of thinkings like it's like I yeah it's like the age I' I am now, that's how old he was when I worked for him mm. and it's been eight years since I've been leaving this place but another year goes by another year goes by. So it's July 9th. My lease on my current apartment ends on October 31st. Can I be out of here by then? Uh, that uh, It was easy for me to figure that one out, which goes back to your point of, well, this year we'll do it. This year we'll do it. But then when I set a specific timeline, so now we're going July, August, September, October, I have almost four months. I have a lot of the money I'd need to pull this off right now. And I can be packed up and out of here in four months. I, I wasn't married. Uh, I didn't have any hard commitments holding me down. I, I, so I did it. And it was easier because I could see it as something that was immediate. Like, this is four months away. Mm. I'm doing this. I best get on getting the steps done.
1: Right. And, you know, just like
0: just like with upsells, and that's why I met and that's why I took us down that segue there for a few minutes. The upsells tend to be more effective when they're immediate. Because if you try and come back with them two weeks later, the person is in many cases already mentally moved on.
1: Right, You worry. have that momentum behind you. You have that momentum exactly. working in the right yeah. direction. So,
0: Offer bump, offer upsell, upsell. That's where you, that's where you do it. You take the big package, you break into four small pieces. You show them how their current investment is going to be even bigger, better with the next piece. Just like a jacket is so much better with a hat and a scarf. Yeah. And that's how you do it. So four months. Hey, yeah. that that lease I expires October thirty first, no matter what. So I'm either out of here, or I'm here another year. What's it going to be?
1: Yeah, you really hit that on something made it there. Easy. Yeah, like making it palatable and feasible, like, oh, maybe this isn't nearly as hard as I thought. Once upon a time, um, back when I was still working uh, for somebody, I was their controller, and um, the jackpot on the lottery was something like $936 million. I mean, something ridiculous. Right. And I spent the entire day of work building an Excel worksheet of (laughs) of what I would do with that money. It was like 24 tabs long. It started with putting in the jackpot and all these algorithms with tax laws in there for how much I could give to whom without a tax, you know, without a tax burden on them and how much taxes I would have to cover for them if I gave them more and who those people were and like what degree of of uh, connection where they like my parents were closer than my my nieces and nephews who wouldn't need as much because they're younger and and this whole thing is like the foundations we would start the the um the the Nonprofits that we would support, the long-term savings of how much I would just want to have waiting for me when I turn 66 at a yeah. you know 4% return rate, the short-term savings of how much I would want to live on, the vacations, I mean, the homes, everything was in this worksheet because I spent an entire day building it, so why not? Well, um,
0: well, you, well you're an accountant, you can't help it. Oh, what did eight, I just do?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now, Excel is sexy. Excel is magically sexy. Ever, um, si- ever since they <laughs>
0: added that extra... X after the s yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man yeah they're great but so like the ultimate thing was after i had these 24 tabs and i was just like immersed in this imaginary land and where we i had these vacations planned out and everything and i sat down i was looking at this and i was going okay but once we get home from the vacations and we're in our gorgeous home like then what what how am I spending my time? Like this whole exercise actually came me full circle, brought me full circle back to where I began of like, okay, that's great. But what are you going to do with your time? What do you want to do? What's the delightful thing in your day? And how much ultimately would it take to live within that delight now, instead of having to wait to have $963 million fall in my lap? Sure. And, and that was like, I don't know why it was that, but that shook me to my core of, it actually wasn't that much. And what I would do with my time isn't that different than what I would be doing anyway. And then all of a sudden it was like, hang on a second. I am, I am super close to this. Sure. Granted I'm not coming off of two months tutoring around Europe in a, you know, this massive house out on this dream land or whatever, but like the stuff that matters right there at my fingertips I just need to reach out and grab it and so that was like the beginning of finding delight in making sure that the goals were really stuck into my core of with with where I, I like to say that I'm an infinite font of love I just love on everybody all the time especially my clients and so like this this these Values were tied to my core of love, and what I was doing with it every day, day in and day out, was just like, "Huh, this is doable. It's it's grabbable." Just like you moving to Las Vegas in October, it was it was right there in front of me. All I had to do was step out and do it.
0: That's correct. Uh, after I got here to Las Vegas, uh, you can imagine our winters are usually so bad that sometimes we have to put on a fall jacket. <laughs> So I ma- so I made a comment in uh, Jan- that first January after I was here about how miserable it was in the winter time that uh, you know even though the sun was shining brightly and there were no clouds in the sky I had to put on a jacket and a sweatpants to sit outside. So. <laughs> i i I was doing this just i was just doing this to say yes yes i i i i i I wasn't built for cold weather so i'm in a place where it's warmer weather now and uh you know a little uh you know a little good-natured ribbing at the people from back in pennsylvania where i came from they were were at that moment in the middle of a blizzard
1: yeah so uh so uh
0: I had somebody send me a direct message in Facebook telling me that they felt that my post was, among other things, uh, racist, discriminatory, uh, uh, a form of oppression, and all other kinds of stuff because it somehow, uh, if somehow, was a calculated attack on people who can't just pick up and move whenever they want.
1: Oh, and here I thought you were going to tell me that they were kidding; it was tongue in cheek. But they no, were they real, meant it. Huh?
0: No, they meant it. They were serious that the fact that I posted that somehow made me an evil person who had just shown uh, various isms. <laughs> now, you know, I, uh, I, 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 you know, what I did is I, I wrote back to him and I said, oh, thank you so much for sharing with me. I, I love you. And I appreciate your passion. And I'm so honored you took, not didn't quite go that way. Um, I responded to them in public tagging them saying that, yeah, I stand exactly by what I said. And if it's gonna take you three years to make a change in your life, uh, let's say you wanna find a new job, but the prospects for finding a new job is it's gonna take you six months to find a job that's worth jumping to. Uh, Let's say you wanna move to a different place in the country, but between uh, your commitments, your house, your kids, your family, um, elderly parent, whatever it is, it's gonna take you three years to get there, then it's gonna take you that long what are your choices? Are you going to begin that journey today? Or are you going to hold yourself back? Because if you wait until tomorrow, that new job is now six months and one day away. That new place to live is now three years and one day away, and so on and so forth. So instead of complaining about me, take some action in your own life. Embrace it could take a while embrace it it couldn't be easy and this is where we transition to something you mentioned earlier uh megan is break it into pieces if necessary because you yeah. mentioned the thing about the big, hairy, audacious goal, which is great. But then we have to honor things and major things along the way. So that's where we transition in, according to my intricate plan for this interview.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and one of the things that you mentioned just triggered something in my brain, too. And it's not just about, like, like acknowledging that it might be hard, but admitting yeah. to yourself why you think it's hard. For some people, it's, am I outshining my mentor if I do this? Like, what is the little tiny voice in your head telling you why you shouldn't want what you want? That's, like, one of the biggest problems I come across with my clients is that when it comes to wanting, they don't feel, uh, let's say, worthy. Sometimes, like, ah, I shouldn't want. Like, I don't even, sometimes they don't even know what to want.
0: Uh huh.
1: And that's... um. I like to break through that. That's that's really a heartbreaking place to start, but when we can get to the other side of that, that's super powerful.
0: Okay, something intuitively is coming to me here. And Megan, I have to ask, who the hell do you think you are? <gasps> pause, now pause. See what I did there? <laughs> I got everybody sitting up in their seats because I, <laughs> whoa. Oh but my now, gosh, now, you just now, got me now, so excited, Adam, now oh th- my now gosh. Th- now, think about the, now think about how me saying that just made you jump like what did I just do? So imagine you're being so imagine you're a child and you want to have you want to have nice clothes. You want to have nice toys. Now let's say you get to be 16, 17 years old. You want to have a nice car. And somebody says to you, who the hell do you think you are that you deserve something like that? Or you Get a nice car, a nice house, and they say, Who the hell do you think you are that you deserve something like that? Imagine hearing that again and again and again and again. What is that going to do to you?
1: It's going to start making you think, Who the hell do I think I
0: am? And what's, what's it, it, what's it, what's it going to do to your goal setting?
1: Don't reach. Don't reach. That's not meant for me. Uh huh. Put your hand back.
0: Put your, put your hand back, put your, keep your hands down, put your head down. Know your role, know your place. Um, Like uh, I, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of somebody I know who um, two years ago met the president of the United States and they could not believe they actually got to meet the president of the United States, but they remembered being told Oh, you'll never actually meet the president. Don't ever dream of something like that.
1: Mm, that's heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, all the yeah, and in their case, it fueled them that that actually became a goal to meet a president, and they did. But what I've of, heard, but I've heard it myself several times. Oh, don't ever aspire to something like that. You'll never get to meet those people. You'll never get to hang out with those people. And all that does is make me want to meet and hang out with those people and <laughs> and create things to make it happen. I mean, I've had friends that I wouldn't have dreamed were within access to me when I was growing up because I got all that, who the hell do you think you are? You'll Mm. never have that. Don't even think about that. That's not what you're destined for. In the real world, that never happens.
1: And yeah, sometimes it's not even explicitly said, right? Like it's, it's, it's just, um, insipid it comes from underneath it digs tunnels like worms through other ways not just words but that's interesting that you say that Adam because that's like one of my favorite I don't want to say it's one of my favorite phrases to say it like that because but it's one of these things to stop people in their tracks and say now who do you think you are and build on that 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 intrinsic Ah. something inside of you forget who the hell they think that who the hell do you think you are
0: who, the hell who do, do you think, think you are? are so what we're doing is we're you actually using the same words yes. and we're ship and we're shifting the tonalities to create a new definition
1: yes that's why I was like oh that's my phrase how did he know <laughs> yes who do you think you are yeah and then put some power behind it
0: People were thinking they were tuning in this interview. Uh, one thing they're just going to get the missing half of goal setting, which is why we got that one out of the way early. And now we've been spending the past 20 minutes developing that concept. Part of what gets in the way of that missing half of goal setting and part of what makes it possible.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm all for that. So, um, so let's say that you were working with somebody uh, there's a two-part question I want to ask here, and We're going to do this one part at a time. So aside from everything we've covered, and if we've pretty much covered it and a recap is in order, what mistakes do you see business owners make? Perhaps something we haven't covered yet, perhaps a recap. When it comes to this whole idea of goal setting, we know that the answer is uh, specific date, specific time, that sort of thing. But what else is there?
1: Protect it. Once you put a number on it, put up, in place structures to protect the progress. Um, you know, whether you want to call it Dave Ramsey or profit first or um, investing or uh, planning, but to have a plan in place that says, okay, even if I'm starting with a dollar a day, that's what I'm starting with. I'm starting with a dollar a day and I'm protecting it. Yeah. and I'm not going to to erode it by using it for something else.
0: Right, a um, dollar a day can—I mean, that's three hundred and sixty-five dollars. Yeah. I mean, uh, can you think of five things in your life that you spend less than three hundred and sixty-five dollars a year on? Can you think of ten things you spend you routinely buy in your life on an annual basis? When you take the ten of them, they add up to three hundred and sixty-five dollars or less. That's the whole thing with the Dave Ramsey Ramsey envelope method, and I've discovered uh, I. Don't use that for everything, but there are certain things I do use it for. For example, uh, my budget for cigars. I love going to the cigar shop, but I also know that I can go a little bit crazy with it. So I actually take an X amount of money and I set it aside for that purpose. Put it in an envelope. Aha. Yeah. Yes. So you may. So even if somebody. So even if uh, somebody uh you know has this issue where they can't see the entire goal even if they're not in a position where they're able to necessarily plan every piece of it they can start with pieces of it and it can come up with something as simple as here's a real easy one you know I get wailed every time I get wailed every year at Christmas buying all these presents why can't we all just like agree to like just send each other cards why do we have to send these stupid gifts we're all adults where's the fun in
1: that (laughs)
0: Okay. Some people may think that. So let me, so, so now let's take that one step further. Sometimes folks who feel that way do so because they get financially whaled by having to buy all those presents. And then they see the reality is they're waiting to get some cash presents coming from those same people they're buying the gifts for so they can pay off the credit card. So what if one small step they recognize that their Christmas budget for this year is going to be $600. That's what it's going to cost to buy gifts for everybody. So every month they save 60 bucks. And uh, at the end of the year, they have $720. Not only do they cover everybody else without any hit on their credit card, but then they get to buy themselves a nice present besides.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And can, I mean, regardless of your situation, can you come up with $60? That's $2 a day. That's fourteen dollars a week. Uh, have you spent fourteen dollars on something today?
1: Uh, not yet today. I haven't been out of the house.
0: Not yet today, <laughs> but you could. You could very. It will easily, happen, mm-hmm. and you could. You could ever. You could uh, very easily um, come. You know, end up buying something before the end of the oh, day. Yeah. I think uh, we you, threw out
1: more of that in groceries.
0: As soon, as soon as we're done here on the Business Creators radio show, somebody may call you up and invite you to lunch and you say yes. There's $25 right there. Yep. So the point being is if you can find $2 a day, you can completely eliminate the Christmas rush on your expenses.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So you may not be able to do that for every area of your life, but think of one or two areas implement it and start building upon it and I think this goes back again to goal setting which is recognizing the small steps along the way so for someone in my situation where I recognized I had four months to get out of my apartment what would be some of my steps some of my steps would be to estimate how much money I'd need to make the move make sure I had it that was one step another step would be to make a plan to get rid of all my stuff there's another thing Uh, another would be to uh, find a business reason to be in Las Vegas so that I could uh, write off my entire home hunting trip as a business expense. I did that too.
1: Yeah. And once you start like pre-seeing yourself in those certain scenarios, like I do a cash flow forecast. Yeah. With my clients that like okay now that we're going to put these protections in place let's see what's actually going to happen over the next six to 12 months um with everything else and how it can still fall into place how things yeah. are going so you're not just like oh in three months this, there's the surprise that's going to happen because you forgot that you your uh domains all renew in three months all at the same time and you have a ton of domains that charge you a thousand dollars a year right yeah um
0: now oh, that's another one for business owners.
1: Yeah. yeah, those annual things that come around, you know, just taking those surprises out of there. And so you can see yourself, even if it's on paper, you can see yourself in three months of, oh, yeah, I've got that thing coming up. And I know that my dips in my business come that time of year and my peaks come at that time of the year. Um, and letting it play out in your brain before it gets to the point where like, oh, man, I'm in a tight spot. Man, that that pot of money over there that I've been saving looks really, really good. Um, Find out where your tight spots are. Where are the temptations going to be? Let's talk about them now before you're biting your nails trying not to dip into that pot.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, domains. Because how many of us buy domains that we just hold on to? And then we know that we could probably just, like, wipe the slate clean with a lot of them. But then we hold on to them for an indefinite period of time. What if this, what if this (laughs) matters someday? What if this, what if I need this domain for something someday? What if I actually do this thing someday? And uh, I have a couple clients that have reduced their uh, domain ownership down to less than a dozen domains and it covers everything they have. And do you want those two clients? I got them down to less than a dozen domains. Uh, You want to know how I coach them through that? Absolutely. It's real easy. I told them, if you're going to have that domain, you got to get a website up on it now. (laughs) otherwise otherwise you put it on non-auto renew and let it go
1: yeah there's a whole lot of purging that gets done on the expense side of things uh when you stop saying I might need that
0: right oh, oh and there's another piece of this too because again now we go to layers I introduced this to these two clients right after I guided them through a process of taking down a bunch of websites they didn't really need. So I built upon the success of now I need less hosting. Now I'm paying for less bandwidth. Now I have better consolidation for my backlinks. Now I'm not having to worry about keeping 45 WordPress installations updated. Whew, that feels nice.
1: Yeah. So now
0: we built, so now we build the even nicer thing of Now I don't have this big domain bill or, and this is another common thing for those who like me uh, do their own QuickBooks entries. Now I don't have to enter those damn GoDaddy charges 19 <laughs> times a month out of the ACH section, and you know what I'm talking about.
1: I do. Oh, you know, there's a rule for
0: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there, there, there is, and you know, the rules with QuickBooks sometimes work, and because you know, I've I've done some of this myself, and sometimes these companies they'll they'll it's like every time the charge comes through, it's reworded differently, so you have to remap it anyway. Yeah, and either, that also- either way, either way, it's like. Eight eight dollars and ninety seven cents over and over and over again. It feels like you've entered it nine hundred times, even though you only own forty five domains.
1: Yeah, and that takes out a lot of should. All of these shoulds, like oh, I've got these domains. Oh, I've got these websites that I should be doing something with. And remove the possibility, man, and give your heart and brain some some R and R.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had uh, I was holding on to some domains for some titles for books I was thinking about writing years ago and I held on to them and held on to them thinking well sometime I might get around to that and then I realized my business has evolved in a different direction I'm, I'm letting this go and you know at this point if somebody else beats me to it they've had eight years to beat me to it already what's another year gonna make
1: yeah that's a good point
0: we, all can't, right. we can't we can't, do, can't. do it all. So, so I guess that's the first piece is, um, you know, looking at the mistakes that they make. Now, we've already touched on, in several ways upon the process. And the way that feels like we've done it is like we're assembling a puzzle on on the dining room table, and we built out the frame. And we've put in several patches where we found that the pieces fit together, and now we just need to fill in some of the uh, little gaps here and there, and the area surrounding in the upper left, so that we can make the complete puzzle. So let's do that now. In answering what I think is the final piece of this, which is, you know, what is the process you would take a client through if they came to you wanting help with goal setting?
1: Uh, the first thing is I want to get to the bottom of. Um where they're at now. I mean, that's just the obvious first step of like, where are you? And how did you get here in the first place? Um, How are things feeling financially? I like to have husbands and wives together, even though if it's just the wife that owns the business or the husband that owns the business, I want to know what their understanding is of what's going on. Um, And then ultimately, when it comes to setting the goals, uh, (laughs) you know, this might sound a little off topic, but I find that my clients, they know their customers really well. And they know their product really well. But the why between the two, why their customers are drawn to their particular product, sometimes they're missing a key component in there. Like they didn't, they don't, they don't see the whole picture from the client's perspective. Right. Um, And inside of that, and once we find that little glimmer that it, it's, um, it's like the answer to why they, they're in business in the first place and then it finally connects and it clicks I wanna find that delight for them. I wanna find the impact that they truly are making out in the world because people don't always get to see it. It's actually quite rare when you get to see the full impact of what you do out in the world. And so to connect to that delight into that that purpose and to reignite what you're doing in the first place, uh, that's where we connect your core values and why your goals are your goals and now we can start talking about the monetary without being like oh i i can't want or it's not i'm not i shouldn't want stuff like that who the hell
0: do you think you are who
1: the hell do you think you are are. right like look who you are look at who you are
0: look at who you are same words different tonality yeah big me big meaning shift big paradigm shift and yeah i think that's And I think that circles back to what we've touched upon several times in this, uh, in this elliptical yet fun conversation, (laughs) which is, um, which is your goals. Yeah. You are, uh, like my friend, the coach who, uh, got set upon because she went. she asked about multiple streams of revenue and all these people in her mastermind attacked her current stream of revenue and told her to do stuff with it that would destroy it. Right. Right. So her goal was not to have $5,000 coaching clients. Her goal was to enjoy the prosperous business she already created and build upon that by creating new streams of revenue that did not require her to be involved full-time that would allow her to continue to bask in the glory of her goals being met while creating her wealth for generations.
1: Yeah, We can
0: talk about leverage and outsourcing all you want, but if that's what you like, it's what you do. I mean, my business is the same way. I have a handful of clients I keep close to myself and I'm not going to build a team of little atoms because I I enjoy the work, but I also recognize that that's not scalable. So instead of saying, I'm going to throw my business model away and just put something scalable instead, I'm looking at other things that I do, new things that I do. Those are all scalable. Those are all designed with me not being actively involved in mind.
1: Yeah, and some things that you can still enjoy too, right? Like even yeah. even if you have to manage a little piece of it, you're not gonna hate managing that little piece of it.
0: Like our like our podcast booking agency, which has a few clients at this time. Um, I don't want to do pitches, so I made an alliance with somebody who thrives off that stuff, and it's just it, it's just so much joy to um, check my inbox and see that another one of our clients has got booked on another show. That is just so awesome to me. But you know what's really awesome? It's the fact i have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, we, and we laugh about this, but, you know, that's great. And uh, what's awesome is I have brought somebody in alliance with my business where that is them serving from the intersection of their brilliance and their passion. So they are going to thrive at it and they're going to be better at it than I am. I create create the business model that delivers the service. As long as everybody's satisfied, I've done my job. So my 15 cents on a dollar I make in that deal is worth it.
1: And above and beyond that, I mean, supporting the employee that you have, you now have clients that are supported. I mean, the ripple effect is, is out there, right? You can start to see that whole ripple effect of all the people acting in their zone of genius, if you will, and getting to do the thing that they put on this earth to do go do it rock at it stand up on that table and pump your fist man
0: I know I know um and you know when I see when I see that and I shared that as an example of that does bring me joy like just this morning I um got an email from our booking coordinator that said okay we got we got this client uh uh they're now booked on this show and we just got this other show that wants to interview this other client and I see that and I mean candidly The joy of it is I didn't have to do it. (laughs) So I get to build that type of business, which is a leverage business, while keeping my personal coaching and consulting business, which is a me business. You can have both. I like it. Yeah. I like it. And so that's what what I mean. But I think that's what we both mean by owning our goals. So. We're actually in pretty much the top of the hour here. We have about two minutes left and I wanna give one of those minutes to you and tell us a little bit, I imagine we have some people leaning in right now that recognize that through the storytelling approach of our conversation, we've, um, we've uncovered a few things, we've bookmarked a few things and we've exposed a few things that they may recognize are places they can now powerfully explore t- to create and discover new success avenues for themselves. If they wish to do that now, uh, how do they go about it? What do they have to look forward to once they do sell?
1: Once they sell?
0: Once they do so.
1: Oh, do so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I'll tell you the story quickly about one of my clients just a few weeks ago, where she was bringing her three businesses to the table. One, she clearly had a passion for. One was kind of on hold because of COVID, and one was just a struggle bus. And she was, she's a, she's a power source, right? But in talking to her, it wasn't where her passion lies. And her husband was there, right there next to her saying, you know, you can do this, babe. I believe you. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I believe in you too. You can do this, but you don't have to, if you don't want to. Yeah. And that was the permission that she needed to just be like, oh, I can do the thing that I really have the passion for the thing that gets me up in the morning. I don't have to do this struggle side anymore. Um, so that's, that's what I do. I come in and we lay the numbers bare naked on the table of what is really going on. And we connect that to what's going on in your heart and making sure that it's aligned. Um, and that might not be what accountants talk about that's, but that's what I do.
0: Oh, great, great, great. So I would encourage everybody to, of course, visit your website. Um, you have several of them. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say uh, your primary website or your primary branding website. And then I'm going to then I know there's a link you want us to share. Um, Megan Dolly, D-H-A-D-A-H-L-E dot com. And I know that you uh, would like us to visit gettingyourmoneyright.com because you have a little something for us.
1: Yes. Yeah. Pop in there, and it is a free guide to uh, really starting to understand like what numbers do I really need to know? Because I'll tell you a secret: you don't need to know all of them. There's just a few key ones that you do, um, and that will give start you on the road to being really good friends with your numbers without without getting all sketchy about them. Like, ooh, gross.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So I'll say that URL one more time gettingyourmoneyright.com. So Megan Dolly, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor an education and a heck of a fun time.
1: It has been a fun time, Adam. Thank you so much. This is just a hoot.
0: And for everybody listening, I trust you've enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where you will find a plethora of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. Be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episode episodes right to your front door. And until next time, have a great day. Take care.